so we have a project. We have a project. We call it OM Champion Project. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Marseille View. I'm Stefan and tonight we've got a packed schedule for the show. Um, as it's OM, well, as OM's fixture list has been tightly packed, recently we've not been able to get any content out after every game, so what we'll do today is we'll just cover not only the Lille game, but also we'll do a segment on the match with Saint-Étienne. And we'll also give our views on the latest news and the post-PSG game controversies, and, and there's quite a few there. And there is some transfer news as well that we're going to cover. So... Firstly, though, just say, well, tonight, it's not just myself, I'm joined by Ben. How are you, Ben? You all good? Uh, I was okay until we got the the verdict of the Di Maria decision, but uh, we'll, we'll get on to that later. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine, thanks. Yeah, yeah, not bad. And secondly, we've got a newbie joining us, so we've got Albon. Um, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Stefan, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I'm I'm good as well, but it's just uh, it's just a bit annoying uh, when when uh, when Marseille is not in a, in a good shape, you know. Uh, but other than that, all good. Absolutely, but well, that's one good thing about this podcast is it always gives us a space to complain and um, drown our sorrows about stuff, which is always a lot. Being an OM fan, so it's kind of become customary that we always ask or. New voices just to tell us a bit about how they found OM. Do you mind telling us how you came to be an OM fan? Yeah, of course. Uh, so basically, um, I come from the south of France. I come from a, a, a city called Avignon, uh, which is like literally an hour away from Marseille. Um, and uh, what you have to know is that my uh, my dad uh, is actually a PSG fan. Uh, but since I was born in the south of France, uh, because we like my dad established in the south of France, like probably 25 years ago or something like that. Um, I, I basically thought to myself, even though my dad tried to, to make me a, a PSG fan when I was younger, I basically thought to myself, uh, well, I was born literally an hour away from Marseille, so why should I, why should I be a PSG fan? I'm going to be a Marseille fan instead, and I, I, I took pretty much the exact opposite of my dad, uh, and now uh, I've been a Noam fan ever since I was eight. Um, I remember the first game I watched was uh, uh, the the famous OM Montpellier, where we lose four 0 uh, at halftime, and then we win uh, 5-4 uh, at the end of the game. It was, uh, it was the, the, uh, an amazing game for me. 
uh, and ever since then, I've been an OM fan. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it. What a game to get you interested in in Marseille, isn't it? That was such a brilliant game, that. Um, yeah, great. Now that sounds really cool. Um, don't know what your dad was thinking. Was he trying to get you bullied at school or something? Get me to support PSG? <laughs> No, no, it's just he's just um, he's just a PSG fan, and uh, he wanted to. But you know, from back in the days, because obviously he's older than us, so um, so he's not he's not one of them uh, uh, Qatar Saint Germain uh, uh, era fans, you know. So he knows he kind of knows what he's talking about. And he's quite he's quite fair play when it comes to uh, to the rivality as well. So it must be fun as well when they when they play each other and you can kind of like sort of banter yeah. each other, wind each other up. Yeah, Pro- probably yeah, wasn't yeah. fun for ten years, but it is now. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> true. true. <laughs> cool. All right. Yeah, so, to, sorry. No, no. I was just about to say that I had to I had to shush for so many years. Uh, so it's so good uh, to have won again because I was able to call my dad and uh, and. Uh, and do his head in a little bit. Okay, so um, I think we'll just get started then with the, the first item. So I think it was last Sunday, wasn't it? We played Saint Etienne. I'm sorry, my Thursday. Oh God, sorry. My, I'm, it was a very tight schedule, so I can't really remember exactly what what days the games were played. Right, so yeah, you're right. Thursday was Saint Etienne, wasn't it? Leo was Sunday. Um, so we went into that game after you know the victory against PSG on a bit of a high and it was a bit of a come down, wasn't it? Um so yeah, um I think that we were kind of we'll just say that I think we were sort of brought back down to reality, you know, following a game uh well two victories in a game where we were suddenly maybe maybe a bit uh, maybe it's a bit silly to think like this, but maybe we were brought back just briefly to um, the I guess the the dreams of being able to be a strong team again, like we've been in the past, and it seems like we've been brought back to reality pretty quickly. We've been brought back to the future, as as the the episodes cause, um called, and that we're kind of um yeah the we're not you know we're we're back where we were before really aren't we? We're straight back to where we we've always been. Wouldn't you say the, that game against Saint Etienne just sort of was a bit of a reality check? Yeah, it, it felt like a hangover, didn't it? I mean, um, I think a lot of the players, you probably look at the concentration levels from the off just weren't right. Um, defensively, we conceded the goal very quickly and then we, we were just, everybody looked panicked. We were just very sloppy and excited then could easily have been 2 minutes in, in like in the first 25 minutes. And um, I think Mondola had to pull off a save. We had to have a, a couple of last-ditch tackles. Um, it's worth just mentioning AVB went into the game with very experimental defence. I think he played Balerdi, who's a, a right-footed centre-back and left-back for some reason, instead of playing Sakai there, which he usually does. Um, and we also had Maxime Lopez up front as well, again, which even though he had admitted after the game against PSG that that gamble and the tactical plan that he, he put in place didn't work, he went and did it again. So uh, yeah, it, it just we, we just didn't start well at all, and, and deservedly started then, you know, sat back, did to us what we did to PSG. They absorbed the very little pressure we put on them, and then they were very clinical going forward. 
Yeah, um, I felt um, I felt that somehow uh, the Owen players were that uh, were a bit. Uh, I think I think they were a bit scared because they've taken so many so many yellows, so many reds against PSG, and I felt they were they were playing uh, they they were not playing to their best potential. Uh, because they they were kind of scared of the physical co- any physical contact or uh, they were scared to go into the ball um, against Saint Etienne. Uh, yet we still had a bit uh, a, a few occasions, especially a few uh, opportunities. Sorry, um, in in the second half, um, especially I believe, uh, and I believe that we could have. We could have uh, we could have come back from this this game with a draw, um, which is which is a bit uh, to me it's a bit uh, uh, it's a bit weird because um, uh, we should have come, for me we should have come back with a draw from Saint Etienne, and we should have lost against Lille. Uh, we'll come back to Lille, I think, afterwards. But uh, this is my 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 feeling. I feel that um, we could have. We could have uh, scored uh, and come back against Saint Etienne, where I didn't feel uh, against Lille we could have we, we could have come back and we did in the end. I agree with that. Sanson missed the cutback, didn't he? And then Ake hit the yeah. bar just before they scored their second. Absolutely. You think if Ake is short, it gone in. Yeah, maybe we'd have got the draw. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so just a couple of things I wanted to ask about that game against Saint Etienne. So, um, do you think that the do you think that the defeat was more about um, AVB selection issues? You know, like you said, the Balerdi, the Lopez issue, or more about the post PSG um, come down? What, what, what? I guess what do you think was the more the decisive factor in that? I'm, for me personally, um, it was the selection. I think he got it wrong tactically. Um, personally, I don't agree. I think I think it's um, like it came it came uh, uh, once again a bit more clear after the Lille game that it's not it's not the tactic that is in play right now. It's more it's more the mental. Uh, mentally, the players are not here. Uh, I don't know. I think I think the, the the way we won PSG has somehow affected the team. Uh, mentally, uh, I think they're scared, as I said, of 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 playing their best, of playing the best game, because they they're scared of of being um, uh, being sentenced by the the, the referee, probably. Um, that like at least that's my feeling. I, I I don't know. I find I find yeah. I found that we got a bit more stuck in against Lille, and again we'll cover that off. But I think it's both. You can't really say it's one or the other because. Saint-Étienne, you've got to, again, we, we're not here to make an apology, um, you know, to praise other teams, but they, they had two wins out of two. They've got a, a young squad, you know, dynamic players, pacey players, technical players with Buonga and, and the likes. Um, they, they went into the game fearless and they, they started attacking us down the right. So down our, down our left, where Balardi was, because Puel is obviously not, not, not stupid. He knows that was a clear weakness, and he'd, he'd crumble under pressure. And then after that goal, the players were, were, were shell-shocked. And to Albon's point, they, there was no fight in the players. You know, There was no, no fucking revolt. There was, there was nothing. It was just soulless performance until we changed it up. And I think we only had one shot on goal in the first half. 
And then we had one chance towards the end, which was probably the only time when Lopez didn't slow the, 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 the build-up down, passed it straight on to Tovar, who went through almost one-on-one and just couldn't get a good enough shot off. And when he put a, a, an actual centre-forward on in the second half, the team stepped up a little. They started trying to pass the ball and put moves together a bit more. But again, tactically, and we'll, we'll, we'll probably discuss this after discussing both games, there's, there's something wrong tactically for a start. But also, Albon, rightly so, I think he says that it seems like we put all of our fights and mental, mental you know, belief into the PSG game. And, and now that we've won that game, the players are sort of like lost and they don't know what to do with themselves. Yeah, can I add something? It's just uh, you, you say you, you were talking about the tactics, and yeah, of course, like the tactics, the tactic was was a bit of a problem against Saint Etienne, but yet you realise that uh, it's not so much the problem there when you see the Lille game where the tactic is is a, is, is quite different. Uh, there's no there's no Lopez up uh, up front, uh, for example, you know, and uh, and 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 yet the problem is still here uh, against Lille. Okay, um, I was wondering, just thinking about some players specifically, um, we mentioned that Balerdi was, you know, pretty poor at left back um, for that position. But also thinking about the defence, I I don't know about you guys, but did did you have any concerns that maybe Alvaro would, was going to be affected by all the stuff that's going on off uh, off the pitch, or do you think that he looks like he's of course he's um can I just get on with it? I thought you looked a bit shaky. Uh, no, I think he definitely got affected by by what happened. Um, it's shit, uh, isn't it? Guys? The PSG game, yeah. Yeah, it's shit because if you take him out of the team, you're sending the message that you don't think he can handle the pressure in the media circus, and and that you're you're trying to protect him, but he'll you know him being a competitor, he's going to take that potentially the, the wrong way. But leaving him in the team, you're exposing him again. And you could just hope that he'll cope with it, but yeah, you're but you're right. You guys are right that he he looks very shaky. Okay, a um, couple of things I wanted to cover before we move on to the next game. Just thinking about the goalkeeper incident. Uh, the thing was it Mulan? He's called. I forget his name. The Centurion goalkeeper. Um, he came oh, out. Je yeah, he came out of his box, didn't he? And he clearly handled the ball way outside the 18-yard box. And the referee, yeah, didn't, yeah. they didn't even look at it. They didn't, they didn't use the VAR, nothing. And it was just, it was quite frustrating, wasn't it? That it's just another, another game, another thing that happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah Personally, at this point, sorry, go ahead, Albo, go ahead. No, 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 no. I just, I just wanted to say that personally, at this point, I'm not. Uh, of course, it's frustrating, but I mean, I mean, we know we know that it's going to happen, and uh, and it's on us not to to uh, not to lose a game because of a of a of of a, a basically a referee referee uh, fault. You know, it's it's our, our we we need to play better anyway. So uh, just because Jesse Moulin went out of his uh, box. Uh, and uh, yes, it should have probably been a, 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 um, a, um, a foul, you know. Um, doesn't mean that, like, like I'm not frustrated by it. I'm, I'm more frustrated, if you want, by by the 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 the, the, um, the play we offered that night. That's the performance, it. yeah. Yeah, the performance. Yeah, plus, plus that, 
that, that incident is that what's that? That's a yellow card and a free yeah, kick. You know? yeah, it's not that's like it's a penalty. Yeah. It's not like it's you know, it's not very decisive. Yes, it yes, it's another collection to the mistakes, but it's one of those where VAR won't intervene because it's not part of the situations that VAR will intervene on. So yeah, d- d- we can't hide behind that, definitely. Yeah, no, I agree, actually. Um, okay, so, and finally, the, uh, correct me if I'm wrong about this, but I think I read somewhere that that was the first time we've lost that fixture in 41 years, is that right? Or am I getting confused with Porto? I'm sure I read that, that we hadn't lost that fixture for 41 years. Um, no, you, you're right, sadly, you are right. <laughs> you are right. And yeah. also, I think, cause I don't know how the number of games, but I believe Quell Ferian's aides has beat us quite a number of times in recent that was, years. That was his 600th game in management, oh, and uh, you're right. I think he's got a he's got a 50 above 55 win percentage against us. It just feels like just thinking about the first point there about the the 41 years. It feels like this is a season maybe where a lot of records are going to get broken. You know, thinking about we managed to beat PSG after. 10 years nearly um, we lost this game yeah I just I feel like because of Covid um, that we might see a lot of results that kind of don't go the way we normally would expect them to go uh, maybe maybe this year we'll finally beat Bordeaux and Bordeaux well um, what I want to say about this is that uh, I think I was saying that to Ben uh, the, the night we lost against, uh, against Saint-Etienne what I'm expecting now from uh, from uh, AVB is to break the break the 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 the, the out of luck in in Bordeaux. I hope we're going to win this one because uh, he made us look bad in front of Saint Etienne, um, which is it's not it's, it's probably uh, it's it's not really something that we can uh, we can. Uh, um, have him, uh, uh, how can I say? It's not. It's not exactly on him. It's also on the team. That's what I mean. It's also on the team. Like they didn't play the way uh, they were supposed to play. Like they're 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 really not playing well on the on the on the pitch. You know. But I mean, uh, I I hope he will he will make us win against Bordeaux uh, to erase kind of uh, that counter performance against Saint Etienne. That's that's what I hope, at least. Okay. Um, I actually think that we've probably spoke too much about the Centre Ten game. Centre Ten game. Mm-hmm. No, sorry. So I want to move on to the Lille game. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which was, as you said, Albon, it was a poorer performance, wasn't it? It was yeah. pretty dire. To me, it was even worse than uh, the Centre Ten game because. Uh, because against Saint-Étienne, I remember us. That's why I was saying it's it's kind of weird. Because against Saint-Étienne, we have some opportunities to score. Uh, for example, I remember uh, um, Tovin missing missing the goal. Uh, Ake uh, on the on the bar. Uh, what else? I, th- I think there's a, there's, there's a there's yeah Sanson as well. Sanson missing as well. You know. So there's 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 kind of there was kind of opportunities to come back against Saint-Étienne, whereas against Lille, we were overwhelmed by Lille. That's what I think. 
We were completely overwhelmed. He was at home, and we should have dealt with Lille better than that. And yet, we we like we were very lucky as well because they 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 uh, I think it was at the beginning of the second half. They were uh, just about to score a goal, and uh, we got saved by the post. Uh, if I'm correct, um, it I, I think it's a it's a it's a major major point in the game. Uh, if we concede a goal there, there's no coming back. We didn't concede that goal. Then I remember, I can't remember who who uh, hit the post as well for Marseille. Um, was it Rongier? Yeah, I think Rongier. Rongier hit the post. Uh, and at this point, you think, uh, at this point in the game, you think, oh, yeah, that's the end of it. We're going to lose it. We're going to lose it because there's, they, they, they're, they're overwhelming us, basically. And this was our only chance, I think. This was the only shot we had. Uh, from the beginning of the game, from what I remember. And then at the end of the game, uh, you've got Germain. You t- I don't have a, a, a lot of hopes on Germain, to be fair. Uh, but I've got to admit something, is that it's, he's, he's, he's always there on, on the corners. Uh, I, I think the, the, latest, the, the latest goal he scored for us are on corners. Always uh, in the it's in the post as well, yeah. He scored yeah, a few of that. The last goal he scored was against Lille from a corner to equalise. It was exactly the same yeah. goal, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, so, but, 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 but the thing is, it's, it's, it's just amazing the, 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 the way we came back because it's, it's so lucky to be fair. Like I was expecting to lose that game, like and badly as well, because they were all over us. They were all over us. Um, to be, if I'm being fair, we should have probably lost that game two or three nil. Um, I thought that the midfield, in particular, worried me. I thought Sanson had a really poor game, but um, the Lille player was at Sumari. He was just like pacing through our midfield as if it wasn't there, and they weren't even, you know, they weren't even playing their full team like they had uh, Sanchez missing. It's quite concerning that. Our midfield just looks so flat. I'm a bit worried going in, you know, going into the Champions League and stuff. What uh, Sanson, Rongier, Kamara is going to be able to, how it's going to be able to cope. Because I, I do like some of the players individually, but in games like that, it's just they need they don't take the game by the scruff of the neck. They don't control the possession. They don't control the tempo. They seem to just be so porous at times. Yeah, but then, but then you, uh, I think. To, to, to the credit of the players, we got to remember that the, the, the preparation was was not was not the one was not uh, going to its full. I think uh, so. Maybe the some of the players yeah. like Sanson, Rongier, or they're not they're not fit to play yet, but they will be fit. And I, I, I hope I do hope they that 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 is just the reason, and that it's not uh, that like they're not going to end up like uh, having a the worst season of their, their life, basically. I just hope that it's just uh, it's just because their 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 preparation was a bit um, um, uh, unfinished, interrupted. Yeah, yeah, interrupted and unfinished. You know, it's it's worrying. I think what what worries me the most, and, and apparent from this game, is look at look at our run of games last season when we were winning games. We had that winning streak after losing to PSG. Funnily enough. You know, we won all our games after losing to PSG, and now we we haven't won one since beating them. Um, yeah. I think what, what worries me is that 
the, the energy isn't there, as you said, first of all, but also the, the profiles and the roles of the players in the midfield are too similar. Rongier and Sanson, Rongier compared to the way he was playing last season, where he seemed to be at, at the start of many of our build-ups and he was starting the passing and picking, the, picking which wing we were going to build up the attack from. He, he now seems to be playing very similarly to Sanson. They both look like they're running around like headless fucking chickens. They're covering a lot of ground. They're covering a head of a lot of ground. Sanson ran like something almost like 13 kilometres against Lille. But for what product? For Often what without want? the ball, I find. A lot they of running exactly. around without the ball. And the problem is then, what, what that creates, because they're chasing down and they're trying to, to win the ball back up higher, the pit, higher up the pitch, it leaves a huge gap between them and Camara. And then the team is basically, you can, you can look at sequences from the game. I've actually paused the, the, the footage a couple of times. There's at least 25 metres between Sanson Rongier and Camara and, and the defence. And, and you just think, fuck, what, what's going on? Why is there such a gap? How do you expect Camara to feed the ball to you and you're supposed to feed it to the strikers or to Payet and Tavar if you're, if you're literally stood next to Benedetto, both of you, because you've chased down the loose ball at the back and you've, you've tried to stupidly win it back instead of maintaining the shape of the team. And it's, that worried me is that the profile of our midfielders, bar Camara, who's, you know, he's quite defensive and he's very good at getting the ball back for us and he's very good technically. Rongier and Tossel now look like they're clones and they both have the same role and the both attribute, the, the same attributes. There's no creativity in that midfield. If you look at, the, down over the years, we've had players like Lucho Gonzalez and even before that, um, we, we, we've always seemed to have some, some sort of creativity or someone who can pick a good pass from midfield. Benoit Chirou was, was decent at that for a while as well. But since those guys, we've always had the same profile of players in midfield, which is the workhorses who run everywhere, use a lot of energy, but actually don't score a lot of goals and don't get a lot of assists every year. And that's a huge problem for us. Well, I think the way we play, you know, stylistically is very different to... You know, thinking about teams pre-Deschamps, uh, if we think about, you know, Gerrit's side, for example, we played very attacking football. Actually, even after Deschamps as well, at times, you know, under Bielsa and stuff. But it does feel like in recent years we've been very negative um, and very, um, what's the word, lacking in ideas, I guess, a little bit clueless in terms of that yep. kind of create, you know, the creative... Um, third to the game, the final third of the game. Well, pitch. Sorry, I can't speak very well tonight. The, the final third of the pitch. Sorry, where we need to be creative and 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 make those kind of um, unlocking sort of un- unlocking passes and so on. It just feels like we're a bit kind of clueless, a bit um, lacking in ideas at times. And you know, we've talked about this a lot on the pod, Ben. That in the last year and a half, that we often just either ping the ball to Tovan or to Payet and hope that one of them, depending on who, which one of them is playing or which one of them's on form, one of them can actually make something happen. And that's just, it's too obvious, isn't it? It just feels like if we play against anyone decent or well-organised that have done their homework, they're going to know what to do, how to beat us, how to shut us down. Uh, agreed, 100% agreed. Um, just looking, looking at, just a couple of things from the game. I was thinking about the defence, actually. We'll talk about the forward line, but just thinking about the defence first. Um, Nagatomo made his debut. How do you think that went? Uh, I didn't like him. 
like uh, unfortunately the the first goal is on him and then uh, and then he loses a ball uh, that I, I can't remember exactly but I remember that he loses a ball at some point I know I think it's a it's a it's a it's a poor pass from him uh, that ends up in a very 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 tough situation for Mandanda if I remember well is that it yeah, I think that's the shot where Mondanda saves it yeah. and it deflects off the post afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's um, that's that, like you can't make that kind of uh, mistake uh, in Marseille, and uh, unfortunately for him, of course it was his first game, but that doesn't look promising. That's what I would say. Hold on, are you, are you just talking about the goal or the year when Yomas hit the post? I'm confused. When he hit the post. Oh, right, when, okay. When, no, when, remember, there's a point in the first half, as Albon says, that Nagatomo gives the ball away cheaply in possession. And yeah. then Lille have that build-up. So it's not really a counter-attack, but they, they get the ball back high up and they pass it yeah. out to the right. And then Mondanda pulls off that save with his two fists while he's falling yeah. back. And then the ball goes off the post, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah big, uh, and that's all because of, uh, of the poor passing skills of Nagatomo. But he was, it was his yeah. pa- poor pass that also led to the goal, wasn't it? If I remember, he passed it backwards and it was he didn't put enough weight on the pass and he scored. That's what I remember. Exactly. I yeah. think he is, uh, he's, um, uh, he's the one who gives away the ball on the first goal. And yeah. we, no, no, no. I remember on the goal, on the goal, he's actually uh, the last defender and he, can, he, he could have tackled and he didn't in the end. Which ends up in the in the Lille player getting the ball and scoring. Didn't didn't he get booked very early as well? I think that took his head out of the game a bit and changed the way he was playing his game because he got booked within ten minutes or something for a really rough challenge. Yeah. And then suddenly yeah. suddenly he, he you know, he sort of looked like his concentration lapsed and that's when he started playing a bit of shit. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna judge him too harshly. First game. Uh, no, no, I'm not gonna judge goal. him either. But but still, still, I, I, I still believe that on the goal, he could have. Uh, he could have done more, and yeah, he, he didn't tackle. Uh, that's what. That's just... why I reproach him because I'm. Per, I'm. I'm pretty sure that by tackling, he would have probably got the goal. Uh, got the ball, and he would have probably prevented the the Lille player from getting the ball and scoring. Probably, I've, maybe would have touched the Lille player, but I would have. I, I would rather see Nagatomo get a red card for being the last defender and still having prevented a goal, rather than conceding a goal. You know, that's 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 what I think. Okay, I'm going to judge him actually, and I'm going to say that <laughs> he actually. I I thought initially uh, I thought he was better technically than I was expecting. I thought he looked like he's got some good natural ability, you know, good course control and stuff, and a, a decent pass. But then, you know, as you said, he made some, several mistakes, um, some issues with his positioning as well. But the thing that kind of struck me in the game, well, and maybe I'm wrong, right? But this is so. This is just my opinion. Um, you might not agree with this. Is I think physically there's a problem. I feel like he's. I think it might be his height. I feel like he's height, short legs. He just looked a bit like he was. Um, Are you going to say he's stumpy? 
No, not Stumpy, but be- <laughs> I think because of his, his size, I think physically... Um, he, he... He's a bit weaker than the, than the others, than the other wingers. Yeah, but also about it's. Uh, I think it affects his ability. Like in, for example, in the 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 back pass, his ability to track back quickly and um, and and catch the defender or make the right tackle. I uh, see. Yeah, that's right. There's the he he does he he cuts he comes back and then he tries to block the the the, the striker, um, and he just he's just not got the 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 physical presence to block the shot you know he doesn't cover enough space and I'm a bit worried for a defender that and I don't and you know I don't believe that football players need to be big I know that's stupid right um but I'm just thinking for him as as a left as a defender I'm a bit worried that his his uh physical or lack of physicality is could be problematic for him especially with his age as well and how that's I'm sure he's not going to be as quick I know he's Still got to be about a piece. He's not going to be as quick as he was five, ten mm. years ago, either. I guess. Uh, I guess the conclusion is, you know, we're, it's pretty clear he's going to be the second string left back. We finally got a second string left back. Is he better than Rokia? Is he better than Nkunku? Probably not. But that's the, that's the way we've gone now, and we could just hope that Amavi stays fit and, and has the same form he had last season because clearly he's he's a lot better than Nakatomo from based on what we've seen. Well, Nkunku had a very impressive debut. Let's let's not judge Nagatomo on one game. Let's not like yes, he, he to me he's he's uh, he's not been good at all on this game against Lille. But uh, that doesn't mean he's, he there's not space for being better later. You know, like you never know. Okay, I hope he's uh, alright. But like, I, I'm a bit worried he's going to be like the other Japanese left back we had a few years ago. Oh, um, <laughs> play, is it Nakata? Are you talking yeah. about Nakata? Yep. Yeah. What, with, his, with his ghost past in the snow? <laughs> yeah, away from the snow. <laughs> 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 oh, poor guy. Um, okay, so also, what else should we just want to say about that game? Oh, right, so just the the forward line, I guess. we just I just want to say, well, hear what you think about the, the forward line, the front three, Payet, Tovan, Benedetto. They were... Pretty atrocious, wouldn't you say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, to be fair, uh, I think Payet has a bit of a problem with uh, his weight. He looks a bit fat to me, which uh, prevents him from going fast. <laughs> it's not surprising, is it, given he spent all summer posting pictures of all the food he was eating? Yeah, I don't know what he did during coronavirus. You were so polite tonight. You were not being polite at the bar on Sunday, mate. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but what, what, what do you want me to say? Do you want me to say that he's a, fuck, he's a fucking fat fuck? Unfit <laughs> to know. play. He, he looks that way, doesn't he? And, and not only that, not only his appearance, but he's just his. He's, we, we've criticised him in the past for being nonchalant and not tracking back. And in in all yeah. the games except PSG, you can see him clearly stop when he loses the ball and not track back and help out whoever the left yeah. back was. And it's, it, beyond beyond the physical, the fact he may not be 100% fit, or we know he's a bit of a diesel and it takes him a few games to get going every season. He never hits the ground running. He always needs three or four games, but. His his mentality is just like, you know, stop dancing, 
stop fucking trolling people on, on social media and get down the gym, mate. Yeah, exactly. But um, uh, I, I, I just hope that um, he still has that uh, that uh, European Cup uh, uh, aim, you know. I hope that you mean his, his aim is still to be... Yeah, I, I, I hope that his aim is still to be selected in, in, in the, uh, the French squad to play the European Cup. Because... Uh, because he needs to have a, he needs to have a uh, something in his mind to 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 run for, you know. Otherwise, he, otherwise his career is ended. It's it's it, he signed he signed the contract for. I think it's he signed for four years with us now, if I remember well. Think how unfair and overweight he's going to be in four years' time. Yeah, so he'll basically be retired in Marseille. So he's got nothing to worry about anymore because he knows he's going to end his career in Marseille. So I hope that he set up a target for him. And that target, I hope it's, it is to be the next summer playing with France and win the European Cup. Otherwise, he's, not, he's going to be, let, let's be fair, he's, he's pretty much going to be shit for us. And that's a bad investment. I'm a bit worried it could end up a bit Rami-esque with him uh, if he sort of kind of loses his motivation. I guess moving on from Payet, I think Payet was was an issue already against Satichen. Um We'll see. Look, time will tell. We're playing Mets on, on Saturday. And then Lyon. type of game. No, no, it's Mets on Saturday. And then yeah, Lyon yeah, no, but I'm saying then Lyon. Then Lyon. Yeah, then Lyon, sorry. And then hopefully... A game like Mess, he's going to see a bit more of the ball. He's going to have more time, be pressless. Hopefully, he finds his feet and starts finding some space and and get get some confidence with an assist or a goal or something. Because he needs he needs to kick his season. It's not started yet. His season hasn't started. Beyond, I hope yeah, it's going to be. I hope it's going to be a wolf against Lyon. Well, like yeah, last year, it was last year, wasn't he? But my, my this was the first game where Tovin l- looked frustrated but also he was missing quite a lot of his his passes he wasn't I think Lille did a good job again of containing him because they had two players on him but he was uh he was giving the ball away a hell of a lot in the first half yeah. I, was, I was getting quite quite frustrated with him same okay um I guess it's not just Payet that was poor was it uh, I think Benedetto was pretty yeah. ineffective and I think that maybe there's a little bit of cause for concern with Benedetto isn't there he's gone through periods in last season as well where he's just looked very um, out of form no, but the, the, the problem is with, with Benedetto I think the problem is uh, that as Ben was saying uh, you know we've got midfielders that aren't able to um, fuel him with, with balls um, they're not able, like at the minute, they're not able to fuel him with balls. So what does he have to do to get the ball? He has to move away from his position. He has to be a bit, a bit, a bit, um, a bit uh, back on the on the field compared to what his position should be. Um, and I think that's the problem with him. He 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 doesn't receive any uh, any balls. So, and also there's another problem from what I've seen lately is that. He needs when he receives a ball. When he receives a ball, he has he needs like several uh, opportunities 
to score one. Uh, he needs like at least four or five opportunities before he's able to score one, to convert one. So that's a bit of a problem as well. Yes, that's what I would say. He, he's just not getting, he's not getting the ball in the box. So as you've said, Albon, because he's not getting fed and he's not getting, whether it, we're not even talking about crosses or passes through on goal. He's just not touching the ball enough to get into the game and to stop moving around and getting sharp and stuff. So he's having mm-hmm. to tra- drop back a bit into the a number 10 position, which in turn, if you look at both, well, Saint-Étienne, he wasn't there, but you look in both games, we've had, we had quite a few situations where the ball gets out to the left back or the right back in a good position to cross, and there's no one in the fucking penalty area. There's one player or two players, and there should be three minimum at all times. It should be the other winger should be should be drifting inside. The, one of the midfielders should be pushing up to the edge of the area, and Benedetto should always be near the penalty spot. And against Lille, he was just he he just gave up. And my worry with him is that because Marseille has had this system for four or five years now, we've had the same attacking players for four or five years. Tovan Payet, unless they produce something magical. The striker doesn't get the ball, and he we 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 ended well. Rudy Gata ended Germain that way by playing him up front by himself, where he's running around, running around, running around aimlessly, and he just mm. ran out of steam eventually. Benedetto is in danger of doing the same because he is too isolated in that number nine position because the midfielders are not are not feeding the wingers to create chances for him, but the midfielders are also not being decisive enough and not don't have the quality to carry the ball forward or to play an early pass into him to put him in yeah. front of the goal. So I'm worried we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna sort of burn him out. But I, felt, I felt there was not enough pace as well um, um, against That's Lee. That's a problem. There in was the not enough team, pace. Pr- yeah, yeah, the whole, the whole team, team is Melbourne. so slow, so slow. Even the defenders, like they, they, they take ages to make a decision to pass it on the right or on the left. There's, there's, there, there, I remember against Lille, there were some opportunities, like even up front, even up front, like the midfielders, like Sanson or Rongier, they, or even Tauvin or Payet. They, at some, at some point on counter attack, we had some opportunities to pass the ball in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a good early, position yeah. for Benedetto or quite early or for another player than Benedetto, and we had opportunities to create the gap, you know, and yet we take so much time to take a decision that. The, the 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 action is actually is actually ended by that. That's a problem. That's a big problem. Okay, so yep. predictions for Mets then. I just want to hear what you th- how you think we'll get on next weekend. I, I think well, we'll win two 0 but it will be another laborious performance. But I think we'll win two 0 Okay. Uh, personally, I think we will win, but I, I, I wouldn't go so far as two 0 I'd say one 0 and then, uh, and then hopefully, as I said, like the, the, like the game against uh, Mess to me is just a preparation for Lyon, and I want to win against Lyon. I definitely want to win against Lyon. That's very important. Um, yeah, I think I think one nil against uh, Mess. That's, that's that's what's going to happen. I'll yeah. probably say the same one now. Um, I think that Mets though are a pretty poor team, so I think we'll, if we don't win, we should be very embarrassed. I'm not impressed mm. with them at all. Anyway, so we'll move on actually because, well, 
We've not got a lot of time left, and there's a few things <laughs> actually that we probably want to vent about. Yeah. So, I know last podcast we talked about the Neymar Alvaro incident. Um, so Neymar accusing Alvaro of uh, racism, and there's been quite a f- few developments since. So Neymar has been accused of saying homophobic insults at Alvaro. He's also now been accused of uh, racist remarks to Hiroki Sakai. And meanwhile, we've seen footage now come out with Mm. Alvaro. Looks like he could be saying, I think the word is mono, which is... Is that right? Which is monkey and 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 Spanish. What? Where are we seeing this one going? Personally, I think it's going to go nowhere because obviously, I I think I think if if it goes if it goes if it's a case that the LFP uh, takes into account uh, the the advice of those Brazilians uh, experts supposedly. Um, like sorry, I think sorry, Marseille has something to. What? Sorry, you mean the Brazilian experts that are paid by being sports? Because, well, sorry, Qatar. Yeah, well, well, that's why that, that, that's why I wanted to come. That's that's where I wanted to go. That's why I wanted sorry. to go. I think I think the the, the Brazilian the, the 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 Brazilian channel that uh, that had those supposedly experts. Uh, first of all, they're Brazilians, so the language in Brazil in Brazil is Portuguese. It's not Spanish, right? So they're not they're not they're not. They're, they're, maybe they could be bilingual in Spanish, but I mean, uh, like, why not? Why not make it show? Why why not uh, make it analyze it by by I don't know, like any other country that can speak uh, any experts coming from a country that can speak Spanish. Like, no, you, like you know why Albon? Albon, because yeah. the Spanish the Spanish analysts have said he didn't say anything racist, so it doesn't yeah. go that way. So they're not going to use somebody who's who's, who's yeah, but then it's biased. Proving them, it, yeah, but the, on the other way, it's biased as well because obviously they're Spanish people, so obviously they're going to try and protect Alvaro because he's Spanish. So that could be seen as that that could be seen as controversial as well, you know. I think they should make intervene experts that are neither Brazilian nor Spanish and maybe come from whatever, Mexico or whatever, like a country where they speak Spanish and, and, and make them see whether Alvaro was, was actually saying the word mono or not. And even though he was saying mono, maybe he's been saying mono in an actual sentence that wasn't racist, like, for, for example... I don't know, like stop moving like a mono, because like you know, yeah, st- stop, uh, stop moking around, stop, stop rolling yeah, around, stop like moking around like a mono, or you know, that kind of stuff. You know, uh, I don't know. My, my my impression, honestly, is now that Marseille have, have sat back. Uh, there's been all sorts of stories that come out actually very very not not long before we started recording about him having met the fan groups and mm. swearing that he hadn't done it and saying that. He would resign if he, you know, if there was any evidence that would be found or whatever, he would be prepared to resign. But but he's he's 100% confident and uh, whatever he's he wants yeah. to face face with Neymar. So and and, and I've, the, I've the been on Le Fossian lately and uh, like uh, tonight and apparently I see that Alvaro still swears 
uh, you didn't say anything he racist. Didn't. So, and, and beyond that, beyond that, our defence has not only been to get his proof of his character from from his teammates and stuff, but we're also trying to destroy Neymar's character a bit with the homophobic and now the alleged insults to Sakai. My prediction: I think this is going to end up with neither of them getting any further action. They're both going to get a reprimand. They're both going to get told you do a fucking press press conference or you do a joint PR event where you donate money to an anti-racism charity, you shake hands, you put on the United Front and you fucking move on. That's my prediction. I think that it's gone too far. There's too much bullshit, too many contradictions. There's no conclusive evidence on either side. You've just got to you've just got to draw a line under it and move on. Yeah. For the good of, for the good of both teams, but for the good of the league as well, because it's just, yeah. it's just a, a dark cloud over the LFP at the minute. But let's not forget that Neymar is now being accused of having called uh, Sakai a, a, a shit Chinese or something know, like that. It just sounds like tit for tat, doesn't it? It just sounds like they're, they're, yeah. both clubs are trying to discredit either player and, mm. and just say, look, yeah. in the heat at the moment, they got overexcited. Things may have been said or may not have been said. There's no proof. Either way, let's get over this. We'll, we'll, we'll agree to, to, to stage something public and we'll just move on and make sure this is all forgotten about for now. It's not just those players, actually, that are um, involved in controversy. So we've also got Di Maria, Angel Di Maria. So he spat at Alvaro. Um, we found out today the well the disciplinary action that's been taken by the league so he's got a four match ban is that right and yes four matches i'm guessing but i know you two are not very happy about this are you nah the, the rule book says six games whether whether you touch the target which is the player or you don't the intent of wanting to spit at the player is is six games in the rule book Beyond that, I, I I don't want to you know dis, discredit any of our fans etc. Or, or say anything negative about people's opinions. But anybody calling for a longer ban than six games because of COVID and he's positive, whatever, that was never going to happen. That was never going to be taken into account because the LFP don't work like that. What what frustrates me is that you have a rule book for PSG and quite often for Lyon as well. And then you have a rule book for, for Marte and the rest of the league, which it seems to be a lot harsher, a lot more unrealistic. I'm and pretty I'm sure if it was Alvaro, if, if it was the other way round, uh, oh, it, it and it was Alvaro spitting on Di Maria, I think Alvaro would be, would be gone for a long time, for pro- probably more than six games. Because it's Marseille. You know? And that's, that's where the frustration is, is the bias and the lack of... Why aren't you applying the fucking rule book? You know what? What is the reasoning for deviating from the rules that you've published and you you give to the players and, and the referees at the start of each season, and and you, you deviate from it with video evidence, um, in the context of COVID? Not expect I wasn't expecting more than six games. I was just expecting them to say he spat. And it's COVID. We're going to reprimand him verbally, but he's going to get the six-game mandatory ban for spitting. But no, it turns out he's only got four. And it, and not only has he only got four, 
you know, if, if one of our players had done that, you can bet he would have been suspended the day after the game, you know, pending investigation. And, and Di Maria has been able to play two games since then. Mm. And they've won both. And he's played a part in, in both games. I think he got a couple of assists against Nice for Mbappe or something. So that, that's the frustration is that, you know, it's just not fair. And it's, it, it's nonsensical. I want to finish the podcast on a more positive note and we may actually be able to do that so just looking at the recent transfer news so it's been a bit up and down actually a bit unpredictable we've been getting a lot of like names thrown about by uh, journalists in the last week about who we were going to sign up front and then another one comes up We've never heard of. And this seems, seems to keep happening. So now, what appears to be happening is that we are signing a young Brazilian striker, a young Brazilian. Oh, it's not striker. Sorry, a winger, uh, Luis. I don't know. You say Henrique. Henrique. Uh, Henri, uh, yeah. So I don't know. What's your thoughts on this? Are we excited about this? Arrival, or I think he was supposed to sign today, wasn't he? But his plane was yeah. delayed, something to do with COVID. But supposedly the move is still on. But yeah, are we excited about this pending arrival, or surprised, concerned, pissed off? I'm quite. I'm, I'm personally quite surprised uh, because uh, it always been my understanding that um, AVB wanted a pure nine, a pure striker uh, to help uh, Benedetto or to, to challenge Benedetto a little bit. Uh, and especially we're going to need that for the Champions League. Uh, and we, uh, it's always been my understanding as well that we wanted someone with a different profile from Benedetto. And yet we end up with a total different player with a total different position. And I just don't understand it. I just don't understand why do we need uh, a winger when we already have uh, Germain uh, that can play in this position, apparently. Uh, we have Tovin, we have Payet on the other side, we have Radonich. Uh, I don't think this is the priority, so I just don't really understand why they do it. Definitely not the priority, but Radonich is terrible (laughs) and Germain is shit as well. So we we do need a winger, but yeah, we also we needed a striker. We need a striker first. That's what we need. I agree one hundred percent with the first half of what you said, but 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 then when you go on by saying we don't need a a winger and you go to name all those people. There's only two players in there that I want in the squad, yeah, let alone mate. the starting And one 11. of them is grossly overweight. <laughs> Not everyone has to be a starter. Uh, like there's, there's, there's Some players Agreed. need to be on the bench as well. Agreed. But we've and we've already got those people on the bench. We've seen what Germain can do. I, look, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm not... I'm, I'm surprised as well, but I'm... You know, what if this kid comes in and he turns out to be like a... I wouldn't go as far as a Neymar, but like a good little Brazilian player who can dribble players, take a few players on, has pace, and just gives us something different up front. I'll be happy with that. I'll take that. And apparently, as long as that's only half of the budget or he's one of two arrivals, I'll be okay with it. Yeah, what I'm more well, concerned that's... about 
is, is, is that we're being linked with another random Brazilian player for, for, the, for the number nine role, and apparently he's not even a real number nine. Yeah, this bothers me, to be honest. He does. He also looks like a sort of winger, support and striker type. It's just bizarre. I'm OK with taking a gamble on one. But yeah, but not, not on both. both. And it, do you know, this? what I'm not happy about with this, this signing is that... Because um, like, I, I don't know this player, right? He could be amazing, right? I, I, things I've read seem to be pretty positive um, but I just feel like it's it just feels a bit lazy to be honest like all summer they've been looking for someone up front not had much budget then suddenly we've got a bit of money and a few names get thrown about and we don't know what's happened maybe the players that they've approached are too expensive or what and then it's like do you know what Fuck it, we'll just buy a Brazilian, right? Um, that 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 that'll work out. <laughs> it just feels a bit like that, and it's like, what? What? It that, that's that, like, it's really that's what we need to 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 fill the gaps in the squad. Like, it just feels a bit arrogant, actually, from um, Longoria and AVB if they think that with the little money that we've got, they can ch- like gamble on some eighteen-year-old yeah. who. May turn out to I mean, be excellent, but he also might not, and he might take a year, two years to settle. When we're going into the Champions League, we've got a weak squad, a, sm- a slim squad. We need the forwards not playing well. Benedetto isn't scoring goals. Payet can't run. Um, yeah, we need someone who can come in quickly and, and, and make an impact. Stefan, to be honest, if if the if the the painting you 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 depicts right now. Uh, is the 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 is the the truth? Uh, I feel like that's that's a ripoff because like ten million for a player that comes from Brazilian league that we never heard of before. That's that's too much money. Ten million euros on 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 that kind of player is too much money. So I just hope he he, he has to be good. He has to be good for that price. He has to be good. I'm sorry because otherwise we could have gone we could have gone for. A ten million player that is used to play in League One, or you know, and that would have been that, that would have done the the, the 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 trick, you know. I guess. I think I think what worries me more beyond the profile of the, the gamble is that can you can you name our best our last good Brazilian player, barring Luis Gustavo? Can you name our last good Brazilian player? Mm, uh, uh, Lucas uh, Lucas Mendes, I would say. Yeah, which was which again was a random gamble who turned out good. Yeah, and he was yeah. a defender. But look, look at that's one in the last twenty years we've had the likes of Dil Fernando who turned Marcelinho. out okay, had, a, had a decent yeah Marcelinho decent Andre Luiz who went to PSG after one year with us the fucking bastards um, Doria was the last one you know Lucas Silva from Real Madrid yeah Lucas Silva here. was a uh... It was so shit. The last it's real not. good one, other than Gustavo, is going, probably going back to Sonny Anderson. It's probably that long ago, isn't it? Yeah, me. Fernando was okay as a striker for us. He, he was there during a dark period. Well, if you say um, that Fernando was okay, then Brandao was. Brandao was. Brandao is probably the last good one, actually, with Luis Gustavo. You're right. Well, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't go so far as, as calling him good one, but. Yeah, but, but decent. Uh, yeah. That's all. Decent. Yeah. decent. 
decent. That's yeah. the dire situation we're in. Is that if we were to bring Bobo in today, I would be happy. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's, it, 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 anyway, it doesn't matter because I, I don't think you can judge a player just because other players from the same country have done poorly at this club. When we know that this is a country that produces and has produced great footballers for since for eternity, but um, the pr- issue that I've got is that the Brazilian market seems to be not as strong as it used to be, and there's a lot of Brazilian players coming to Europe that are not doing as well as Brazilian mm-hmm. players once did. So I think even, that um, it's not so, even so much Even Madrid, isn't it? Yeah. They've had like Rodrigo, they've had, um, who's the other guy that they've learned? Rainier, who they've learned from Dortmund, I believe. As well. you know? um, yeah, so it, 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 to me it just feels like the it's more of a gamble than it might have, than it might have been in the past to sign a young Brazilian for a lot of money because it used when I was growing up it used to be like honestly almost every team in Europe had a Brazilian that scored like twenty goals a season it seemed um, but it's not like that anymore so I don't mm. know I'm I'm a bit worried about it and the other names that have, you know you said the Marcus Paulo guy it's just like what really him as well like. I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm not pleased if we sign those two guys. I mean, I'm. I, I, this, this feels dodgy, doesn't it? It, it, it does. A bit dodgy because like as if there's like, an agent involved or something. There's something yeah, funny. Yeah, you feel like on. this is this is the phase two point oh that Iro was 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 saying when he did this whole press conference after Zubi left in in like May or something. And and it's quite clear that phase two point oh is we're going to sign one or two young Brazilian kids. Hope one of them comes good. And we and and then we'll, he's hoping he'll be able to look back in two years and say, yeah, we signed him for ten, we sold him for thirty-five. Brilliant. This is trading. This is what we want to be doing now. You know, McCourt's not going to invest much more. We need to we need to make him spend his money on young players. Look at our transfer window. You know, Gay Balardi that we signed for free. Gay. You know, we're, we're sort of hoping that Gay comes good as well, and that we do another Zambo, and that we Angisa, and we're able to sell him for thirty-five or forty million to Premier League team in two or three years. So. That is the reality, but but you, as you say, Steph, I would prefer we bet on safer markets and safer safer profiles and nationalities of players than mm. some. Plus, he's not played that many games, has he? He's barely got twenty senior games. Especially that you know, we need a, we need a, for for the Champions League. We need a striker that has a little bit of experience of the European leagues, at least. Like even Benedetto, he's he's played with us for a year now, um, but he's ne- he, he doesn't know what the Champions League is. We would need someone. I'll give him. I'll give that him has an experience of Champions Boca, League or at least a league, a, a, a yeah, European league. He has league. played a Boca. He's played a Boca. He's played the Libertadores final. You know, he's he's got the. Yeah. He knows what the intensity is. So I'll give him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. But I'm talking. I'm talking about a second striker, mate. Yeah, I agree. So, so guys, let's. I guess let's end with this then, Steph. If you could sign, if we, if we were told we have between ten and twelve million left, or we've got budget to bring someone in on a decent wage. And on loan with an option to buy or not, who would you go for right now? This is exactly the question I was going to ask. Actually, to finish what, what off, was, was ask you who you would choose. Um, what budget? Well, well, he said up to what fifteen to twenty million euros is what we've read. So well, no, who, but, but we're going to spend ten of that on those Brazilian kid, aren't we? So we've got half of that left to go after one more player who's a, who's a pure number nine-ish 
who's going to play up front when Benedetto is not on form or is injured or whatever. So 10 million or loan and the big wage. Uh, it's, it's literally impossible. I'll let you guys go first, Libera, I think, as someone. Nobody wants to go? I've got an idea. My, my idea is the, the more the window's gone on, and people will slate me for this, but... I know you're going to see it. Just see it. Me, I'd, go for, I'd go for Divock Origi. Who? If, Origi. No way. Oh, you right. want to have him? Never. Why not? Because he's too expensive, mate. He's too expensive. On loan, saying, you're saying. Yeah, that. I'm saying on loan. I'm saying on loan, uh, Albon. I'm saying getting him on loan with one season with option to buy. Yeah. And then if if he doesn't enjoy it, he fucks up back to Liverpool. He's not yeah, going to play the option Liverpool to buy is going to be high, mate. Well, no, you put yeah, it at like 15, 15 million. Come on. This, the Liverpool don't want that much money for him. He's 28 years old. He's 28? He's, he's, he's not, is he? I think he is. He's 26. He's between 22 and 28. I'm not sure exactly on that, but he's mm. won the Champions League. He's scored in the final. He's scored against Barcelona. He's won the Premier League. He's got the club's mentality of running after the ball. I, I'd have him as, as, as a backup, I would. at least. I would as well. But he's a strong player. I don't player. think that's financially he possible. He can run fast. He can score goals. Doesn't excite mate, me much. Mate, the thing is... The thing is uh, the, the salary he gets at Liverpool is probably way beyond what we can pay, even on loan. Do you want me to tell you what his salary is? Well, check. The same as Germain. I don't know. I don't know his salary, but I, I imagine it's very, very, very high. Okay, Albon. Uh, uh, Are you who, serious, who, mate? Who would you pick? Personally. Yeah. I would. Maybe I would try. Like if I if I had a a choice, I, I would maybe try to bring uh, Batshuayi back, personally. But... He's gone. He went to Crystal Palace. He's gone to Crystal Palace. Uh, too bad. Yeah, I would <laughs> agree with well, you that, that choice, well. but well, that was my, That was my choice, but I didn't know that he had gone already, so I didn't know. Um, so, no, I don't know, to be fair. Like, it's it's very difficult. Like, I would... In terms of, in terms of players with experience of Champions League... And available right now. I would I would need to think about it like right now to be fair. It's, it's such an impossible task now with the reduced fee. Maybe if we hadn't spent the money on Enrique, maybe yeah, you could think of someone. But it seems like it seems impossible. You're you're going to have to pick guys that. Or maybe we could get this guy on loan, but it's so unlikely that that's going to happen. Um, mm. I mean, the obvious one. And this is not my choice, right? But the obvious one that is a young player who's who's touted for a loan move from a big club is Luka Jovic, right? But obviously we're not going to get him because other big clubs are after him. I reckon, sadly, he's going to end up at Monaco somehow. Is my fear. If I, if I, if I, if I, if, if we could, if we, if we had, uh, if we like, obviously they're never going to let him go, of course, but. I, I, I wish we could have Haaland, personally. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, they're never going to make Yeah, we all do. Mate. <laughs> I, another, another player I thought of, well, you guys follow the Premier League, I imagine. I, I have Mitrovic from Fulham. I like him. He's only 26. He's mm. big. He's, he's a target man. 
he's a fighter. He's got that attitude that, that the fans in Marseille mm. would like because he runs after every ball and he, he argues and he fights. He's a bit Diego Costa-like. He's just come back up to, to the Premier League with Fulham. They're going to get relegated again. They're going to get battered every fucking Sunday. You know, you could put the option to, to him and say, look, we'll, we'll put 15 million on the table for you. Do you want to play Champions League and challenge for the, for, for top three in, in the French League? Or do you want to get relegated and, and get battered in the Premier League? <laughs> That's yeah. a good speech. I think I'm going to say what I said a couple of months back. Um, and I think it's very unrealistic at the moment. But... I think Milan are looking to bring in a striker. They want to bring in Jovic, uh, definitely. They bring in somebody and they've still got Ibrahimovic, then could Leo be available on loan? If he could be, then I would I would definitely go for him. But uh, it doesn't seem very shout. it doesn't seem very realistic at the moment. Shout, yeah, but it doesn't see I don't unless Milan sign a, a striker that's gonna start for them, it's not likely that Leo's gonna they're gonna um, let him go, but otherwise I just can't think of anybody else. It's going to be a weird. Well, we've got what two weeks left in the window. It closes on the third of October, doesn't it? I think we've got like ten days, eleven days left in the transfer window. Big, any big club that hasn't made the move yet. Look at Liverpool. So Liverpool, they've just signed um, what's his face from from Wolves, Diego Diego Jota. They've got Thiago, so they've got they've got players that are not going to get game time. Origi is one of them, which is why I thought of him, and I also like his profile that is different from Benedetto, bit quick, bit physical. Um, but you're going to have other big other teams that are going to either say to players, you know what, you can go out on loan because I'm not going to start you. You're not even third, and you're not even second in, in the pecking order. You're third or something. And that's 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 maybe where we need to look and be a bit more creative and. I'd rather we got someone like Origi on loan and didn't spank all of McCourt's, you know, war chest that he's apparently given yeah. us a bit of a, an extra bit of money and maybe have five million or six million to spend in January unless we sell someone and we have a bit more than that to correct the squad and, and do a bit of course correction if we find that someone gets injured or or there's a very bad issue and someone someone needs replacing. So maybe it's time for a compromise that we just get a loan of a good player who's got European football experience and who can do a job for us. I'm not expecting Rigi to get more than 10 goals for us if he joins us, for example, or 15, but I will take those 15 goals over no fucking goals from, from Germain. Because what's the yeah. alternative for us, guys? We get to the end of the window. We, we're not going to sell anyone. I'd be very surprised if we sold anyone unless there's a, a crazy deadline they bid for Chetakar or Sanson from the Premier League. And suddenly you're left with Germain Mitroglou. I'd rather we bring fucking Kostas back into the squad than actually get him fit and get him playing than end up with no solution up front. Mm, Seriously. Okay, right. I, I think on that note, we'll end the, the show. <laughs> um, enough has been said. But yeah, we'll wait. it's a really long episode actually. Like we're, we're way over time, so yeah, I think we'll wrap up. Um, just goes to show you though that it's not as easy as you think because we couldn't think of anybody really. Um, so we do give them a hard time about their choices, but it, ain't, it isn't that expensive as as we, as we think it is. Um, okay, so well, thanks very much, guys. Um, thanks everyone for listening, and uh, we'll probably get I think next episode out there. After the Lyon game, I think, is more realistic than the Mets game. So, yeah, um, see you in a couple of weeks' time.
Thanks, Steph. Yeah, thanks, guys. Sure. Thank you very much.